Paul writes, Timothy, hold on to a good conscience. I'll never forget the before and after of my asking Jesus to come into my heart when I was seven years of age. I went from being the world's worst sinner in my own eyes to being a newly born infant in Christ. I remember feeling like I had just had the world's best bath. My sins were washed away. My conscience was clear. The conscience. The dictionary describes it as an inner feeling or voice viewed as acting as a guide to the rightness or wrongness of one's behavior. In other words, when I do something or am contemplating doing something, how do I feel about whether or not it's the right thing to do? Not in terms of good, better, best, but in comparison with what is right. One of the arguments for the existence of God is the very idea that there is right and wrong, that there is a moral code, an oughtness to life. There are things that people ought to do, look out for their own best interests and of their family, and ought not to do, prepare grandma as dinner tonight. God has imprinted a code on our minds that there are things that are right and wrong, not necessarily what those things are, but with the sense that there is, in fact, a way things ought to be. It's a pretty good argument. Otherwise, where could that sense have come from? And of course, whatever the circumstances of our lives, the impact of nurture and nature, we all know innately whether we ought to be doing something or not. Under what circumstances would it be okay to barbecue grandma and serve her to company? Bizarre example, I know, under the most unthinkable circumstances. You're starving. There's nothing else to eat. And Grandma gave her approval. You'll only proceed with guilt on your conscience, even with her permission, because you know that having her permission would not ease your conscience, if you have one. And yet the world is full of examples where the conscience has been compromised, ostensibly for the greater good. Hitler and his minions believed that their power for the good of the Aryan nation was worth the sacrifice of millions of Jews. What did their conscience tell them? How about the guards in Auschwitz who marched men, women, and children into the gas chambers? Did they believe it was for the good of the homeland? Or only that following orders was best for them because they would get to live another day? And maybe even get a promotion and some extra perks? How about what's going on in Ukraine today? How do people today come to the conclusion that executing the tiny baby in the womb for the convenience of the mother? How do people decide that smuggling children for the purposes of sex slavery is okay? How do people determine that it's okay for the rights of one person to be sacrificed for my benefit? On August 5th, 2021, Congresswoman Cori Bush defended spending $200,000 for private security while advocating to defund the police when she said, I have too much work to do. There's too many people that need my help right now. I have private security because my body is worth being on this earth right now. I have to wonder who else she thinks has a body that's worth being on this earth right now. Is this where the word unconscionable comes from? Basically, how could you possibly think such a thing?
When Paul told Timothy to hold on to a good conscience, he must have remembered when his conscience told him that it was okay to stone Christ followers to death. How did he know that? That was before his encounter with the risen Savior. Now he had his spirit and the Holy Spirit in his life to help him figure it out. Without the Holy Spirit, we're bound to get it wrong. But we also need to test what we're hearing from that still small voice to make sure it's actually God's Spirit that we're listening to. And our reference point is our final authority, God's Word. What else could it possibly be? It really does come down to that tired, over-simple bracelet. WWJD. What would Jesus do? Seriously, it's that simple.